my name is Ian, and welcome to a podcast that does real beer and real talk all in one. So, this is episode 1.11pm somewhere podcast. My name is Ian, and I'm going to introduce myself and where I come from, so some of you will be familiar with me because you're aware of other podcasts I do for the RED Podcast Network, including the Origins E Retcon podcast, currently on hiatus, uh, the Coulson cast, which follows the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s TV show, uh, the Paladin's Tale World of Warcraft podcast, and other shows I've done in the past, like Loot Junkies Loot Cast, I would have done the Harness podcast, and I would have done uh, one or two others. And I've also guested on a ton of podcasts as well in the World of Warcraft community. Uh, because that's basically where I cut my teeth doing uh, podcasting, was in the gaming space. And it's something that I'm hugely, hugely fanatical about. This podcast, however, is going to focus on two or three things that are pretty important to me that, you know, I think go together very, very, very well. First of all, real beer. Secondly, good food. And I mean good quality artisanal food, not your McDonald's run-of-the-mill bullshit. And thirdly, great music. Now, that seems like a pretty straightforward combination. And you're probably asking yourself, but Ian, isn't there like loads of podcasts that do this already? Yeah, they do. And they're podcasts from other markets. There are podcasts from the UK, there are podcasts from the US. But there's nothing doing that here for us in Ireland. Focusing on what we like in Ireland. And you know, here's a problem for me. When people think of Ireland and they think of beer, the first thing that comes into their mind is Guinness. Now, that isn't necessarily a problem. I come from multiple generations who's actually worked in Guinness, but the current products that Diageo turn out right now are full of what I like to term on Twitter, hashtag fizzy piss. And that, to me, is a problem. Now, while Guinness is great, the Guinness Brewery in Dublin is great, and if you, in, in terms of bringing like a additional tourist revenue into Dublin and people into Dublin just to see that uh, facility... And to learn about the history of the black stuff, quote unquote. Uh, my problem is that, you know what, it is not the be all and end all of beer. Now, there are my brethren down in the southwestern part of the country in Cork who would say, But Ian, sure, it don't, we, 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 lo- we love our, our Murphys down here. Well, yeah, Murphys is all well and good, but it's not real beer, it's not craft beer, and I'm sorry I've just insulted a lot of people, but. You know, that's the point at which we're at. If you want to talk about great beers in Cork, let's talk about the Franciscan Well. Let's talk about Elbow Lane craft beer from down in Cork. That's what we want to talk about here. And I want to talk about the fact is we've got um, these amazing restaurants as well around the country who pride themselves on having these fantastic relationships with local food producers or artisan craft food producers. And... You look at their menu and you're going, wow, so they get their meat from Farmer X down the road, they get their vegetables from this guy down another part of the road, and then I look at their beer menu, and their beer menu's got Budweiser, Miller, Corona, and Guinness, and at that point it's just face on hand time, people, like, you invest all this time in your menu, and then you look at your beer selection, and you need to understand, beer goes with everything. I mean, that's the first lesson I want to I sort of introduce here, is that there is no foods out there that beer does not go with. There, there is a beer to match every food. In fact, it's better and easier to match a beer to a food than it is a wine to a food. There are that many beers out there, and beers that have incredible tastes and incredible flavors. 
And that is what I want to get at on this podcast. I want to introduce people to some amazing beers that they can find in Ireland. You are not going to be reduced to your Stellas, your Budweiser's, your Heineken's, your Carlsberg's, your Coors Lights. Any of your usual commercial, bland, tasteless, fizzy piss that you part with your hard-earned money for. Say no to fizzy piss. Drinks have some real, real beers. And I suppose the first spotlight I want to do on this when I'm talking about local is I want to bring it home local to myself. I live in North Kildare in Ireland. I live in a little town called Kilcock. Uh, for the Americans and everyone else out there, yeah, Kilcock, it's pretty funny. It's still amusing to me. You can tell it in my voice. Um, and there is a little small brewery out here called the Rye River Brewing Company. And they have a, a beer brand called McGargles. I'll throw a link to this on, uh, I think I'm going to do a Tumblr for this podcast, so I'll put it up on the Tumblr for that, uh, so people are able to find it. But their beer, uh, they do three basic styles of beer. They do a Pilsner, aka a lager for those who want to play at home. Uh, they do a Red Ale, uh, for the, again, for those who want to play at home. Probably the closest thing to a Red Ale you've had is maybe a Smithix. Um, and they also do what's known as an IPA, or an India Pale Ale. Now, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to explain what an IPA is, and for anyone who knows what an IPA is, you need to bear with me. This is aimed at people who don't understand what an IPA is. I want to introduce you to beer. There is more to beer than lager and stout. Far more than that. Or ales. There is far more, like your basic ballyard ale. There is far more out there and far more available. So, an India Pale Ale, basically... Back in the day, when they wanted to make a beer in, in, in the British Empire, and they wanted to transport it all the way out to India, for example, or other parts of the world where they had colonies, they had no preservatives back then that they could use on 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 drinks like beer. The only preservatives they had were from meat and, and stuff, which was, they had later a, a salt, basically where you do, you do hang a meat in salt and let it age, so it became a very dry cured meat with a salt cure on it. Or be was a smoked, which last still doesn't last particularly long. Or you had to brine something in barrels of brine, um, and that was the only way it would survive these trips by boat because there wasn't airplanes uh, to take it out to places like India. So what they did was they added a phenomenal amount of hops during the brewing process, to which not only sort of added flavour, aroma, by and bittering to the beer. What it also did was it actually also added, uh, acted as a natural preservative. And also, in the casks, when they were bringing the beer over, they'd maybe have additional hops in there. So the hops naturally themselves were acting as a preservative, but it gave the beer a very, very unique character, a very, very unique taste, and a very, very unique strength as well, in terms of like its aroma and, and all the rest of the good stuff that, that comes into it. So that's the origin of an India Pale Ale. Now, that is also the, uh, the the first original recipe for what would go on to become Guinness. But the Guinness you get now in terms of the black stuff with that sort of half inch to three quarter of an inch head on the glass that seems to like have a life of its own and a gravity of its own that it moves solidly. That is a, a world away from where Guinness actually started out themselves. So, these this beer... Is, is something that the guys in Rye River do. Now, what I'm hoping to do on one of the future episodes of the podcast, hopefully one of the, new, the ones in the near future is, I'm going to get down to them because I live in the town and I'm going to see if I can do an interview with the guys to talk about their origins, where you can locate their beers, 
what their plans and aspirations are for their their brewery and then I can take that interview and I'll put it up as a podcast which I think could be kind of interesting so you can understand the kinds of people that are out there I mean beer in terms of craft beer isn't just home brewing and my background in beer apart from being from a family of several generations who worked in Guinness long before Diageo bought Guinness I might add um, when I was a kid growing up my mother uh, because it's her family who was in uh, involved in, in Guinness through multiple generations. Uh, she was very, very big into her own winemaking and taught wine appreciation. In fact, my parents owned a business called Brewer's Delight back in the 80s in a little town called Leakslip in North Kildare, uh, where they actually sold like beer home brewing kits. They sold different types of yeasts. They told, sold different types of dried hops. Sold things like carboys and demijohns and, uh, and everything, hydrometers and and every and different malts and everything you could possibly need to do home brewing and they used to run classes as well to teach people how to home brew their own beers and their own wines um, and that's sort of what, as a kid I grew up with that and it was always around it and it's very natural thing and to have books uh, like Michael Jackson the beer author not Michael Jackson the uh, the recently deceased or late deceased uh, pop singer I had books like that around the house growing up. So again, beer is something which is very, very natural to me. And I don't look at beer as in something that you go and drink so you can go and get hammered. Uh, the way I look at beer is that beer is something which is can be enjoyed. It can be extremely flavorful. It can be very interesting to your palate. It can have some great aromas. Uh, and it is something that's to be enjoyed and is, is a very, very natural uh, product when it comes down to like it being water, yeast, hops, and 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 barley. Um, I mean, this is a very very a simple and basic thing. I mean, beer. Don't forget, has been around for tens of thousands of years in every single form there is. Uh, and for the rest of the world, it's a very very natural alcoholic beverage. I mean, something which is a starch which has been. Uh, is then converted and there's a, there's enzymes that break it down to make alcohol or or yeasts that that break that that consume the starches or the sugars to actually convert into carbonation and to alcohol. I mean, it's something which is a very very basic fundamental. I mean, making beer, I would say, is akin to making bread. That's how basic of uh, of a thing it actually is and it may help you understand that if you look at any culture in the world there's always been some form of bread there's always been some form of beer and there's been some form of wine I mean wine now we think of it as a very very uh, high class product we think of something which is very sophisticated and to be honest wine uh, goes in a lot of cases is a very very peasanty um, type of, uh, of alcoholic beverage and it's been sort of been usurped by fucking yuppies in the 80s uh, and and rich folk and, and people who've attached a status symbol to certain types of wines. Um, and especially certain branches of wines. When you start going into like sparkling fizzy wines like Champagne from the Champagne region, Proseccos. Uh, Cava's had a bad name for a long time as being very cheap. And now they're sort of coming back and becoming very good. And... A beer, sort of, in one respect, has also has almost become, uh, by default, a working man's drink, and the process of beer has become sort of driving beer down to being like anyone who remembers from the eighties, yellow pack Tesco lager. Like, like, let's reduce beer to its cheapest possible component, and let's take it away from everything that is good and pure and natural, and then start introducing chemicals and to to. Uh, 
to which it ended up like all they do is they act as a preservative for the beer and a sterilizer, sterilizer for the beer, and it becomes flavorless and bland, and even the color just looks utterly terrible. Like there is no color. In fact, it looks dead. It is the equivalent of looking in a junkie's eyes, just like no sign of life there. And when you look in one of these beers, and you get the same same thing. So. Anyway, coming back to McGargles and the Rye River Brewing Company. Um, earlier today, I was in a, a really, really sort of n- a new restaurant in uh, Maynooth. Again, town that's only, only a couple of kilometers away from me. And I had lunch in a, or sorry, br- sort of breakfast or brunch, if you will, in a restaurant called Chill, which is only recently opened. Now, in Maynooth, there's another couple of restaurants that I quite like. For breakfast, my go-to has always been the Twist Cafe, uh, just on a little lane off the main street which do uh, some really, really amazing, incredible scratch-made food throughout the day, and it's generally faultless. Um, but it's more, this morning I went into Chill, which is a new restaurant they had in. I had a look in their menu, and they had things like uh, like breakfast, was, which was like your choice of eggs along with some uh, streaky bacon and Clonakilty black pudding. Clonakilty black pudding is amazing, I don't care what anyone says. Um, and then some hollandaise sauce. And and they things like breakfast waffles and waffles with fresh strawberries or bananas and and bacon and maple syrup and pancakes, bacon and maple syrup for me are just like, that's the most incredible thing you can possibly have. I love that kind of deal. So I went in there to try them out. Place wasn't particularly busy, maybe five or six tables in, in use out of, I'd say, probably around 30, 40 tables that they actually have that they can seat in there. And so I decided, you know, I'm going to have the breakfast which has the bread, your choice of eggs, your bacon, and so on and so forth. So I get this thing coming up to me, and it is a beautiful brioche type bread, not heavy, very, very light and fluffy, and it's been lightly toasted on the on the side of it that's been exposed. Most beautiful runny poached eggs with a lovely deep yellow colour in the yolk as well. And I love that when you get a deep colour because it means it's, you know, it's natural. It's not it's not farm fed. It's not battery, uh, like uh, battery hen type of eggs. Uh, the most wonderful, like ridiculously thin, almost pancetta like bacon. In fact, it was almost like getting um, like a really, really wafer thin slice of uh, speck. And anyone who's had speck, it's this like sort of German cured um pork products that you get in the north of Italy and you also get it in Austria as well and obviously parts of Germany but beautiful beautiful and the hollandaise sauce that had a lovely taste to it as well you could get the vinegar that's in there you know that's important that it was a lovely deep yellow color as well and wonderfully light which was the most important thing because some people who do hollandaise sauce the thing comes out almost like a slab of butter which is totally wrong. It should never ever be like that. So this was wonderful, and it was it was unctuous, which was really really important. And I'm looking at their menu, and they have some incredible food items that they cook from scratch. I seen their American fluffy pancakes. They looked amazing, and from what I had, it was really really good. Very competently done. It was done with a lot of care and love. And then I looked over at their menu to see their drinks menu. Because the coffee was really, really nice. It had a really lovely coffee. It was nice and strong, but it wasn't overly bitter. And I hate when people do that. They equate 
putting coffee on a menu and they go for the bitterest coffee ever somewhere something that's been roasted very very dark I'll get into talking about coffee another day in which case I'm going to bring on uh, a guy by the name of Alan Andrews uh, from Coffee Culture in Limerick Alan actually I went on a barista course with him uh, I think it was about maybe two years ago and I want to bring Alan on to talk about the importance of coffee because again coffee is something that I love and it falls into the food stuff but it'll also fall nicely into what I'm talking about some of the darker beers like the porters and the stouts which tend to have very chocolatey or coffee notes just by default from the malts that they use uh, but anyway so I'm looking at the, at the menu here and they have Corona, Bulmers, Budweiser and Guinness on the menu and I think to myself Wow, you've got this amazing food, crafted with love, care and attention, beautifully presented, beautifully cooked. And you're, you're talking about your, that you're a restaurant and you're local. And the important thing for people now when they're going out to restaurants is they like to know in some cases that they're doing something which involves the local local suppliers, local community and so on. And more important, Irish product products and produce. And... There is a brewing company, literally five kilometers down the road, who brew some beautiful beers. Their Pilsner is lovely. Their IPA is a very, very traditional IPA. Very, very hoppy, lovely, dark, sort of amber, almost caramelly color. And then their Red Ale, which, frankly, you know, I've had a lot of, a fair amount of Red Ales in my time. This Red Ale, stunning. Like, really, really stunning. And I'm going to put details on the Tumblr site as to where you can actually locate... Um, the details for uh, how you can go and find Rye River Brewing Company's McGargo brand. And I'll also put some details about Chill as well and link to their site if I can dig one up for it. But I thought to myself, you know, it's such a missed, a missed opportunity, like a really, really missed opportunity. I mean, what's funny is I only came to know about the McGargle's beer brand when I was over in my local off-license, which is based in Kilcock, um... I walked in there and they tend to have a decent selection of craft beers and they this lovely pack in there before Christmas. I'll put a picture up again on the tumbler too, uh, which was three bottles of beer and had a beautiful sort of porcelain tumbler in there as well. And the packaging was lovely and interesting. The artwork on it was really, really eye-catching. And uh, I said to the lady behind the counter, I was like, hey, is this only new? And she's like, yeah. And what's great is, this is a brand of beer which is brewed, brewed locally here in Kilcock. And I thought to myself, wow, that's amazing. I didn't even know there was a beer company here. I mean, I go on, to, I use the Untapped application for tracking my beers. If you want to follow me on Untapped, just have a look for The Ian Fella, all one word. T-H-E-I-A-N-F-E-L-L-A. You'll find me on it. Add me and I'll add you back, no probs. Um... And when I do a search on Untapped for local breweries, they didn't—they don't even turn up. In fact, the nearest brewer that turns up is somewhere in the centre of Dublin. I can't remember which one it is. I'll get into talking about Dublin beers in the, in the near future as well as some Dublin pubs you should check out to do craft beers. Um, but again, I was, I was like, wow, it's okay. Yeah, I'm def- I'll take one of those. I definitely want to buy one of those packs because it has the three types of beers that they do. I don't want to buy a six-pack of each and discover I don't particularly like them and want to finish them. Um, so I bought a pack of it. I mean, it was it was a little bit pricey. It was, I'm not going to lie. It was about 15, 16 euros. Uh, but you know what? 15, 16 euros well spent. Because not only did it have the three beers and the beautiful uh, 375ml porcelain tankard, but it also had like a uh, one of the Irish craft uh, chocolate producers. I can't remember the name of the company. But it had a bar of their dark chocolate in there, which was, again, a really, really nice touch to it as well. So I took it home and I tried them over Christmas and I really, really enjoyed them. And you know what? It is one of those beers that in the future, if I'm looking for something that I want to drink, 
um, just to have casually, I'll pick up a six pack of one of their beers because not only is it a beautiful, beautiful product that's so well presented, and again, importantly, it's in brown bottles. This is the one tip I will give to anyone who listens to this podcast, and it's one that I will continuously bring up on a regular basis in the podcast. If your beer does not come in a brown bottle and comes in a clear or a green bottle, the maker of that beer doesn't give a shit about you, the drinker, or the beer that it's putting into that. What happens is, green bottles and clear bottles allow an awful lot of UV light and an awful lot of uh, UV radiation through the beer, which actually changes the profile of the beer. In fact, it does nothing good for the beer. When it's in brown bottles, brown glass actually keeps it acts as a natural filter, which keeps an awful lot of those uh, things out, which protects the quality of the beer. If you're buying beer that's in clear or green bottles, odds are it's been exposed and it's shit. And basically the people who are selling it to you, they don't give a shit either because otherwise they'd care about the quality of their product as it comes to you. They don't care because it is that low grade, low quality of product. It is the same as going to, I would equate this to a McDonald's hamburger versus a beautifully made hamburger that has a beautiful brioche bun, has a hand-formed patty made with real beef where the guy knows the name of the supplier he gets his beef from. It's not perfectly shaped. It's a, And you can tell that it's been cooked nicely. There's a beautiful caramelization going on the outside. has some lovely fresh vegetables put onto it, whether that's lettuce. And it maybe has a a homemade aioli put onto it, for example, or maybe a, 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 an in-house made mayonnaise, and you get the, you like the best crafted burger that's had a lot of love and attention, and it just tastes amazing, and it's juicy, and it dribbles, and that's the kind of burger that you want. And then you get look at the McDonald's basic 99-cent hamburger, and you realize that you've got something which is bollocks, and it looks like it's just... It's fallen out of a factory somewhere and it looks kind of sad and pathetic. That is the same way if you were to put maybe, for example, a the McGargle's Pilsner beer style right next to maybe Budweiser. And that is the difference between the two. Is like, oh, they are a world apart. Yes, the McGargle's beer is probably going to work out at maybe 60 cent um, per drinking unit. When I say a drinking unit, that's a can or a bottle. In this case, it's bottle for bottle. Maybe it's about 60 cent a bottle more expensive, 70 cent more a bottle more expensive, but you know what? It tastes amazingly better, has a beautiful flavor profile, and you'll actually appreciate the beer that's in there. And, and again, there's no chemicals. It's all natural. Again, very, very important. And this is the thing with, with, with beers. People who turn out these mass-marketed commercial beers that go into these uh, either clear bottles or these green bottles and they're turned out by these giant corporations. These giant corporations do not give a shit about their end customer. They don't care about the quality of the product they put out. I mean, yeah, they turn around and go, this beer was born on this date. Yeah, but they also don't tell you exactly what's in their beer. They, They won't turn around and share with you uh, what's in your beer? I mean, a great example of this. I posted this up on my Twitter. My Twitter is at the Ian fella. I posted up uh, a link about some guy who was he was living in the UK. This is a great story as an example, and it really highlights the difference between craft beer brewers and brewers that give a shit about their product and the people who buy their product and the people who are in love with their products and have a great affinity for what they are trying to achieve and the pleasure that these products ultimately give. 
and uh, he it was he was talking about uh, Duker's IPA, which is a Scottish India pale brewed uh, India pale ale, which is done by the Caledonian Brewer, Brewery, uh, again based in Scotland. And he was moving back to the US, and he knew he wouldn't be able to get his hands on Duker's over there. So he'd written to them and asked them would they be able to tell him what was in the beer, so we could try and make a clone. Now you're probably thinking to yourself, yeah, they probably wouldn't come back to him and tell him exactly what's in the beer. Wrong. They did. They came back to the guy and said, hey, this is what we brew our beer with. These are the malts that we use. These are the hops that we use. And this is exactly how you hop your beer. They almost gave the guy like a full-on recipe for how to make beer, like starting from scratch. And the one thing the guy, he, he was the director of production, came back with was that he was only sorry that he couldn't send uh, this guy some of their yeast uh, because they actually have a live yeast as opposed to a dried yeast, uh, so it's in a, it's in a liquid form, um, and that wouldn't survive. It would autolyze on the journey between Scotland and the, and the U.S. No matter what way you went and uh, and, uh, and made it, and travelled it over to him or sent it over to the guy, um, but going to that level of detail, going basically here's how you make our beer, here's how we make our beer, here's all the ingredients we use, here's all the stages involved in making our beer. Think about if you were to do that for Guinness. No. You do that for Budweiser. But not like you'd want to. But Budweiser, no. Do it for Heineken, no. Carlsberg, no. Again, if you look at any of these craft brewers and you want to ask them about how they make their beer, they will nine times out of ten engage with you and tell you. In fact, they'll want to share that information with you. They'll want to tell you about the hops that they use. They'll want to be. They want to tell you things like, "Oh, this is an experimental hop that we're using, like maybe a, a, a HCB hop, uh, or maybe this is a yeast that we're getting from like Y yeast or White's Laboratory uh, yeast, who have this amazing yeast bank." But these are the kind of things that we need to get into and what I want to try and get across and convey with this podcast is that beer in Ireland does not start and end with things like Guinness or Murphy's or Heineken and certainly not Budweiser, certainly not Carlsberg and certainly not Stella. That we have an awful lot more going on beer-wise in this country. We have an awful lot more going on food-wise as well. And how you compare some of these great beers that are available in the Irish market. And Irish-produced craft beers with some amazing foods. And to help people understand and break down the barrier that beer isn't just something that you go out and you drink and you get fucking tanked on. Beer is something which can be enjoyed and can be and doesn't have to be snobby and doesn't have to be pretentious like wine has actually become. That it can become something very... Very enjoyable, something a lot more and something that as a people sort of we've now created this very, very weird relationship with when beer is something which is as old to us as a species of of creature as bread is to us. And no one looks twice at bread. Bread is very, very fundamental, but even but bread has even become a little bit fucked up in the way that it's commercially done, but however, but people appreciate a really, really good homemade bread or a very naturally produced bread, and they will also appreciate a very, very naturally produced beer when it's presented to them so that's what i want to do on this podcast what i want to do to end this off is i want to say thank you for checking out the first episode of the 11 p.m somewhere podcast i hope you'll check out more if you want to email me for the moment just drop an email to me me at ian bergen i-a-n-b-e-r-g-i-n.com be 
love to answer any questions that you may have or if you're looking for beer recommendations by all means drop me a mail i would love to talk to you about it and i hope that you'll check out episode two of the show which is available on itunes i'm going to try and look at getting it onto other platforms as well like stitcher um but hopefully i'll do that as the audience grows if the audience grows thanks for stopping by and checking out my podcast